Views expressed on this program are those of the sponsors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Indices mentioned are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Asset allocation and diversification strategies cannot assure profit or protect against loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Capital Retirement Strategies and Cambridge Investment Research are not affiliated. All right, welcome to Plan for Life Now, episode number 34. I am Steve Kiliani. I'm Dave Murray. This may be the most challenging episode for me. Most challenging? Why is that? And it has nothing to do with the topic of the show or anything like that, because this is the first podcast I've ever done without coffee. Without coffee? Yeah, I just don't have it right now. I'm oh timing, I'm now limiting my coffee to two cups a day. Oh, I guess today will be three. <laughs> when I go after the show to get it, three cups of coffee a day. So okay, so there's a chance you might pass out in the middle here. <laughs> no, that, no, you just I'm, might not get the same super high energy. Wow, I'm a little worried because this is heavy stuff we have to go through here today. It is, but it's not. I think I could make it anyway. Okay, all right. I want you to, to push on through. Oh no, I'll be okay. All right, so we had a, a couple of different topics today to talk about. Sort of all interrelated, I would think, um, just to set the stage here as to what is going on, right? We're sitting here on December the 4th. Um, we've come off of a weekend where the Senate has passed their version of this tax reform. And now this week, and probably by the time you actually listen to this, you will see some sort of reconciliation process where they um, try to work out the details between the House and the Senate right. version of the tax sure reform. feels like there will be some new uh, huge tax reform bill passed. Yeah. Now, I mean, you know, we don't need to spend too much time going through, you know, some of the issues. But, you know, the big picture stuff, obviously, we've seen a big cut to the corporate tax rate. Um, we've seen some changes you know, that'll affect our clients and investors more so on the deduction of things like state taxes. Um, You know, they're still talking about how AMT might or might not be changed in there. Um, What else do we have through some past, some changes to the way pass-through entities are taxed. But, you know, I thought you had uh, a couple of interesting points on this. Um, and sort of tie well, into the topics we wanted to talk yeah, about. Yeah, well, starting on this one, if you were to look <clears throat> down the road with this thing, I mean, and this is not a, this, you're not getting the real detailed analysis here. You're getting an, no, an opinion right now. I don't think that you yeah, come My here opinion is, hey, hopefully lowering corporate tax rates is good for everybody. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, the theory is it'll be good for, as companies have more money to spend, they'll spend it on people's jobs and salaries, and that'll help the economy. That's the theory, the trickle-down economics that you know is part of the deal. When you start to look at it any in general, I don't see any huge tax breaks for regular people. 
a little bit maybe here or there. Maybe for some people they pay a little more. For some people they pay a little less. It doesn't seem to be that much. But one thing everybody says who analyzes this, is it's going to lead to a heck of a lot more debt mm-hmm. on top of the debt we already have, anywhere from a trillion to a trillion and a half dollars of debt. Now, what happens when you have debt? And then how does this affect retirement planning? It tends to make everything else, uh, I would, and we'll talk about this a little bit specifically, how this could affect Social Security yep. down the road, which you have some information on that. And then, in general, what's this going to do for Medicare? The other thing that most of our clients are relying on, it's going, it's not going to eliminate Medicare, but when now down the road, these tax cuts didn't, quote, pay for themselves, and something has to pay for them, usually something like a cut in Medicare uh, <clears throat> and, a, and a lowering of Social Security is sort of what might happen. So, well, you yeah. know, and, and, and as many of you know, because you're dealing with it, Medicare premium expenses have already gone up. Yeah, and I mean, let's tackle that because we had a couple things we wanted to talk about, but let's tackle that first one that, that you're touching on here. And this is a point that, you know, there have been so many different versions of these tax bills. Obviously, there's a House bill and a Senate bill, and we've all seen the pictures and the videos of the scribbled in the margins, you know, provisions that people are, you know, supposed to vote on, and it's scribbled right. there, and they barely see it. So, you know, who knows what the final version is really going to look like. Uh, but this is something that I had not seen talked about much, but did see in this one article that talked about the way that they might change the inflation adjustment for Social Security. Now, for years, a lot of people have been complaining that the government already underreports inflation as it relates to Social Security and, and just in general. Right. But they're talking about switching to this chained CPI, chained consumer price index, which it all has to do with substitutions. So if any of you out there suffered through some uh, economics classes, and I shouldn't say suffered because I actually enjoyed them, but if you went through some economics classes, the idea of substitution in inflation has to do with if the price of a filet mignon goes up by 20%, I'm less likely to actually buy a filet mignon, mm-hmm. and now I'm going to go out and buy a flank steak. Right? Because it's cheaper, right? And flank steak is cheaper. <laughs> Therefore, you're not going to say that inflation went up 20%. It only went up however much more Fla- I paid for that flank for steak. For flank steak. Right. Not including something like, right. So that would be, as we like to say, not getting all particular about chain CPI, but how they will fudge inflation in the future and and here's now when you look at the if this tax bill works the way it's supposed to it's going to make the economy go crazy or be best ever if you will (laughs) and but within something like that let's say that all works out the way they're planning what's going to happen well inflation things costing more will be a natural result of right. that. And you could also make an argument, maybe a turbocharged inflation going forward, only because we haven't had inflation, really, real inflation for so long. If this something, if jumpstart something that was already going to happen anyway, mm-hmm. when you think about inflation, now things are going to cost more. What's not going to be going up at that same rate, regardless of the that flank steak filet mignon thing? That's just a way that <laughs> if you're listening, you're just going to get less money from that flank steak filet mignon. What? Yeah, less money for you. So what, all that boil it down. Yeah. So now what? 
way more pressure on your other assets to create income with Social Security being a smaller percentage of the income that you really need. Yeah, and I mean, this has been talked about for years because obviously the entitlements, Social Security, Medicare, make up such a huge part and in the future an even bigger part of the, the federal budget that addressing something like that you know, has a big impact. The problem is the impact comes down to, if you're listening to this, probably to your bottom line, to your bank account. And this is always what we talk about when you're trying to generate income in retirement. And we talk about these people that have those old government pension plans, and we say they're fully indexed for inflation. You know, those old government pension plans, they have written into the contract that they get a full CPI adjustment. You know, it's not any of this chain CPI stuff. It's not CPI minus 1%. It's not you know, any of the other variations that you might see. Right. So this discussion brings us into another discussion. Dave, I'm going to give you all the credit for the planning on this show today. Um, although I did <laughs> too, my homework. but Too bad I didn't have enough coffee to be excited about the credit. All right. Well, I'm giving it to you anyway, um, which was this other article that you brought to, our, to my attention that was in on the CNBC site. And I mean, the name kind of sums it up. It says, even a $1 million nest egg isn't enough anymore. And I I was saying how this all ties in to this tax bill and everything that's going on right now. I mean, $1 million used to be this idea that, oh man, if I had a million dollars, the old Bare Naked Ladies song, gosh, I'd really be rich. This would be fantastic. Nowadays, a million dollars is nice. That's great, but that doesn't mean that you have it made in the shade. And and this is also, you know, I kind of get this feeling from the tax bill that, well, hey, you used to be middle class. You know, middle class used to sound really nice. Now, maybe you're not really middle class anymore. Right. Well, that's just art. Now, that's an opinion. Of course. (laughs) But ultimately, when when things down the road, I mean, if you – in every, we don't know what's going to pass, but we are pretty sure that there's not going to be. They were thinking about amendments saying, "Hey, some of these tax cuts are going to go away if there ends up being a deficit. If it doesn't yep. end up doing what it's going to do seven or eight years from now, yep. now all those things are off the table. So ultimately, it you know what's going to happen down the road most likely is cuts." to things that people rely on. A cut to Medicare means you have a higher Medicare premium, meaning more of your income each month has to go to Medicare. A cut in Social Security means things keep costing more. You're getting less. More of your money has to go to income. It's starting to very much show why you would look at an article and say a million dollars is what's that getting me. If I have Social Security that in tomorrow's, in today's dollars, is giving me $30,000 a year buying power, but in tomorrow's dollars, it's only 25000 Yep. And I need to live on 80000 a year? And you and I know that basically, if I take money off the principal of a million dollars, I could basically take thirty five or 40000 a year. Well, that's, and that's the crux of this article right here is, I mean, it says, for instance, a 67-year-old baby boomer retiring with $1 million can generate $40,000 a year adjusted for inflation. 
Um, and we've talked about this many, many times before, about how that used to be the rule of thumb, the old 4% rule. And a lot of people now say, nah, it's really like the 3.5% rule. 4% doesn't work anymore. Um, and, and I mean, this this kind of goes down to our bottom line point that we make with a lot of people is that if you have that pension that's generating all that income, and certainly if it's indexed for inflation, then you don't have to worry about this whole 4% rule. Do I have a million? Do I not have enough? You've got that pension coming in. Now, the problem is most of us don't have a pension that covers all of our expenses. It's usually some pension, some social security, and then a gap in your portfolio. And then I'm going to take it a step further (laughs) and start to look at the people out there who are in danger. Who's in danger of all this stuff? Oh, it's got to be that person who's living on a certain amount now and they're trying to make ends meet and they may only have, you know, several hundred thousand dollars. No, they yet they're in danger. Mm-hmm. But who's really in danger? Who's really in danger is, you know, those of you who, who listen to this, if someone sent you this podcast, we come from Washington, D.C. The really in danger is the D.C. attorney. The attorney who's used to living on $200,000 a year. Right. And has a million dollars in a 401k, but then when you retire, you know, you're not making that money anymore. Now you're getting your 30000 a year or whatever, thirty five on Social Security that's really only going to be worth down the road twenty seven. Mm-hmm. and you're used to living on two hundred, and you have $1.2 million in retirement savings, and here's what you think. I'm fine. Right. Here's the reality. You're not. Yeah. And to me, that's the danger. So what professions start to come into danger now? In, in, in our area is a great area of retirement danger. Attorneys, physicians. I don't even think you need to restrict it to those. I mean, in our no, area. It could be a, a, anyone who doesn't have a pension but earns a high income now yeah. because you're living. We know, Steve and I know very well because we meet lots of people over the – we have hundreds of clients and we meet tons of people. And we work on this kind of planning. And we know that basically what you spend every month – is so critically important right. and the delusion of I'm spending 11,000 a month now but when I'm retired I'll spend 6. Yeah. You're delusional, right? Uh, you know. You're not changing your lifestyle that drastically. No. I mean you're you're still doing the same things, you're still going on the same vacations and probably more when you're retired. And I think that's a really good point that you're making and, and the you know the bottom line of it is if you're going from working, earning 60000 a year to being retired and living off Social Security, that's much less of a gap to make up than working in the D.C. area. Let's be honest, you know, a lot of people earn $150,000 a year or more. And you're going to just living on Social Security? That's a huge drop. And that's a lot more money that has to come out of your portfolio. So, yeah, those people, you're right, are, are definitely much more in danger. Yeah, and I have noted, because, you know, people who come to a financial advisor in those scenarios are few and far between. But obviously, with the job you and I have, <laughs> we meet those people. We meet people who've come to us with, you know, 800,000 investable assets or a million or two million or anywhere in that range. Yeah. Knowing, <laughs> to their credit, knowing that this isn't. You know, this isn't all good because they realize they don't have a pension. 
But that's a that's a sliver of the population who is, you know, besides doing whatever your own profession is, which requires so much of your attention and time, to be savvy enough on the retire on the investment retirement planning to even know that you yeah. that you actually have to and could be in, in peril if you don't do this kind of planning. We meet those people because they they're attracted to uh, coming to us. Yeah, I mean, for however usually, they meet us, you know. But a lot of people out there have no clue. Yeah, and they usually. They they don't know anything. They they sort of have a sense, you know. The the people you're talking about, they they've got eight hundred thousand dollars. That's good. They've saved. They make you know one hundred and fifty thousand. They just have this sense that ah, I don't know. This doesn't feel like it's quite right. enough to keep that same lifestyle in retirement. So, all right, we will check back in next week. Who knows what's going to happen with this tax bill? And uh, we'll check back in and talk to you then. Take care. 